0: Good morning, everyone. Peace be with you. Thank you. It's an honor, truly an honor and a joy to be with you uh, on the Lord's Day and to be with you specifically, Oak Forest. In the middle of chapter six of Matthew's gospel, we are still listening to Jesus' sermon on the mount. And he is continuing to teach the multitudes how they can live in a way that fulfills righteousness in light of the coming kingdom. And the manner in which he teaches is, is, is quite similar to that of the Old Testament writer Solomon. If you remember early in the history of Israel, God gave them the law, but the scriptures that were written during the time of the kings were, were centered more on wisdom than on the law, strictly speaking. And what we see in Solomon's writing is not just the law, but wisdom unpacking the logic of the law. So in these verses today we're seeing the deeper ways that the principles of the law can be expressed and lived out. And what Jesus is giving us are wise ways to conform our lives and conform ourselves to virtue and depth and meaning. He's not erasing the law. Jesus is rearticulating it for a new age and the coming of the kingdom. And so we'll see that Jesus points to the natural world and talks about clothing and food, eyes and light, hearts and masters, love and hate, worry and trust. He speaks of two ways, life and wisdom and foolishness and frustration. He says practically, as we just read, you you can't follow two different masters any more than you can take two separate paths simultaneously, you have to choose whom you will follow. Jesus knows as we all do how obsessed the world is with money and power and success, but he says that's just not the obsession of the kingdom and the new humanity. The new humanity that Jesus is creating and commissioning will be obsessed with the pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness. And as we'll see in seeking first in seeking first the kingdom through generosity and loyalty, Jesus promises that our hearts will wholly follow such endeavors. Our eyes and our lives will be full of light. We will become a people marked by trust and joy rather than self-sufficiency and anxiety. We will treasure God the Father and manifest his kingdom all the more and the world will thrive as they are welcomed to the table and we are all fed and sustained by God himself. In the, in the preceding verses leading up to our passes, Jesus has been talking a great deal about money and, and what it can do to us depending on what we do with it. He essentially says, amongst other things, that greed and generosity have a very distinct effect on us. Greed darkens our lives, and generosity fills them with light. The images alone make it clear that each of those masters what is under its power. It's about mastery and slavery. So Jesus is saying living is about who and what has your ultimate allegiance. So he really is, he's forcing his listeners to choose. Jesus describes money and wealth as a master. And while that sounds only metaphorical, it really isn't. Money can become our master. Pursuing money and wealth can become the dominating power in our lives. It can begin to dictate how we live, and what we pursue. It can dictate how we feel about other people, how we treat other people, how we view ourselves. And so when Jesus shifts from talking about masters to talking about not being anxious, it's really important that we catch what he's saying about wealth. Money is an anxious master, and it can enslave people to fear. If we are servants of it, we cannot be servants of God. Let's keep reading. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? In the eyes of most of the world, what Jesus says here is actually not wisdom. It's not wise. And we too can read this and think Jesus is saying, yeah, just, just relax. Just let the anxiety go. Just quit the rat race. Think about the birds. Look at the flowers. Double rainbow. I mean, isn't that what it's really all about? I mean, that's who Jesus was for me growing up. He was, he was John Lennon leading a revolution with a, a crown of daisies and a trusty guitar. But that's not exactly what he is saying Jesus' teaching here isn't coming from someone who's just decided to quit society and is encouraging everyone else to follow. Just the opposite, in fact. His instruction is grounded in the reality that a new kingdom is taking over an old one. And the old kingdoms, those are places of anxiety. And Jesus isn't talking about anxiety here as if it were just only a private emotion and feeling it is that. But it's also the organizing principle of our world. It's why we have stores that are open 24 hours a day. It's, it's what keeps us overworking. It's what underwrites our overspending at Christmas. It encourages our tendency to consume more and more. And the anxiety is driven by this simple fact. We are temporal, limited creatures, and we can't see or predict the future, and that's really scary. We want to be able to plan and manage life. We want to know what we will eat and what we will drink, what we will wear, what we will do in the next month, in the next year, in the next five years, in the next ten years. We wanna be able to secure our future, to know that our investments are growing, that our children aren't going to turn on us, that we're not going to lose our minds, or a job, or a friend, or a spouse. We can become so anxious about how we're going to live that we never, we never do live. And if you know you can't manage the future, and yet you try to, It only results in anxiety and more attempts to manage and then more anxiety and more attempts to manage. This is the way of our world and it's what fuels the seeking of food, clothing, success, everything, everything else. We are all a a type of Veruca Salt. I want today, I want tomorrow. I don't care how. I want it now. And this is, this is why. This is why Jesus' invitation is so important because he is inviting everyone on this mount, he's inviting every one of us here today into a new world with a new master. He is announcing the kingdom, which means, in essence, he is announcing God's future, God's certain future, God intends to rule over all things, and He is beginning to rule over all things right now. The future is secure in God's hands. He is the God of the future, and He is establishing His future right here in the present. And that kingdom is not driven by anxiety, it's driven by trust. Because within His kingdom, we know that the future is secure come what may birds birds and lilies aren't perpetually protected they're very vulnerable they are not pictures of strength they're delicate they are easily missed sometimes trampled often bruised but the Father looks after them even though they don't spend any time thinking about their future. And Jesus says, he loves you more than the birds. He loves you more than than he loves them. Solomon had more money and food and clothes than Jesus' audience could fathom. But His very best robe was still less glorious than a lily. All the more reason for you and I to abandon quickly trying to dress ourselves in success or power or wealth or status because your God, our God, your king and my king is seeing to clothe us in ways that would make Solomon blush. Jesus commands us to think about birds and lilies, about animals and plants, about all the created order, and not just to, not to distract us, not to take our mind off of what worries us, but to get us to answer the question, who do you think sees to all of their care? Now does that, does that mean that we will never go without. No. He is our Father, and good and wise fathers don't shelter their children from everything difficult. Parents, you will let difficult things happen to your children. I know you will. I know that I do. (laughs) Because we care about more than just their transient, temporal, and temporary happiness. You care about who they are becoming, who they are going to be, not just what they have. And Jesus, too, is focused on the eternal posture of our hearts, our hearts that will see beyond just accumulation of wealth in, in the 80 years that we might be given. for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's a, a portion of Luke's gospel that, that always gets me. Disciples are scared. They're in Jesus' company and he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I love that he says that. He doesn't say there, and he doesn't say in our passage today, don't worry, it will be okay. He says, fear not, little flock. Brothers and sisters, the Father knows that we are small, that we feel small. He knows that we are easily spooked. That's the way sheep are. But he gives those sheep a boundless gift. He gives us a boundless gift, his kingdom, the kingdom. A gift that gives us courage and strength that puts steel in our backs, confidence in our stride. And this gift doesn't just make us receivers of God's kingdom, but also seekers of it. Seekers of it because God is our master and his kingdom and righteousness are of first importance. And so how do we seek it? There are so many ways. (laughs) By living as kingdom citizens who want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. That's at large. But here are a few thoughts. As Jesus is teaching, he's already forming a community of disciples who trust and serve the Father. And one of the ways that God feeds and clothes us is through his church, through his people. If the church is going to be what Christ made us to be, then we are purposed to be a safety net for each other and others outside of this community. As the church, we are meant to be the conduit of fatherly love and care. Oak Forest, you have incredible wealth and provision from the Lord in your hands. And I promise you, I know that you already know this, but hear it again. If you cling to it more tightly, it will only increase your anxiety. Like Solomon said, those who love money never have money enough. Those who love comfort never have comfort enough. Those who love security never have security enough but if if we if you if you all loosen your grip at the same time what you would be able to provide for one another and your neighbors would be astounding the world should be able to look into this community and see what life could be like what like what life in heaven could look like a community of open-handed of open-handed saints bearing each other's burdens, taking responsibility for others' needs, perhaps even, I might dare to say, an anxiety-free community. If a whole city looked like that, it would look like everyone having their needs met. It would look like kingdom come. You will still be provoked to worry. I know that's not much of a spoiler. We all will be. Temptation to anoint a new master will always be there in the wings, but I want to you I want to commend Jesus' words again to you this morning. Do not worry, do not be anxious. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom he has given you the kingdom. so keep seeking it, brothers and sisters. we don't know our future in detail we can't manage everything we. We don't know the next few moments. We don't even know the next few days, months. But we are not entirely in the dark. Though we can't know the end of our days here on earth, the table at which we're about to eat is a weekly assurance that we do know the ultimate end of our days. That we will feast eternally in the new heavens and the new earth at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Pray with me. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your church. Lord, we pray that you would take these words and, and, and brand them, Lord, into our souls, into our hearts. Lord, we, we pray that you would, you would make Oak Forest a place where people come and experience the, the love of the Father, Where they know what it is to be further clothed, further fed, further satiated, not only with food and drink and clothing, but with life, with love, with a place to unload their burdens, their sins, a place where forgiveness lives. What a wonderfully rich community where debt is canceled. God, would you make us more and more these kinds of people that trust you and that find that as we trust you and wait for you to clothe us further, to feed us further, or that we would find that our worries are diminished and that even when they're provoked, we turn to you and ask for help. Lord, thank you for giving us the kingdom. Would you use it to strengthen us in the work and the calling that you have put upon our lives. We love you and we thank you. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen.